Hey everybody, thanks for watching. I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. And this is another segment of World Impact News. Today we're going to be talking to you about something that we simply are calling or labeling the Great Compromise. And so we're going to talk to you about these different pressures that are coming on different Christian as well as conservative organizations where these organizations are being pressured and sometimes, and we're seeing many now, in our day and in our hour that are actually falling to the pressure and they're crumbling under this pressure and actually making great compromises to a, a agenda that is actually totally against what the Word of God says and against their faith and against their beliefs. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and just, um, I know you have some information. We want to, uh, we're going to talk about some different organizations um, that have actually done it, and some of these different pressures, and then uh, some of the things that you just need to watch out for in your own lives. Yeah, the American Family Association, Jason, issued a statement, and it notes that according to the Bible, God only allows sexual activity between a man and a woman who are married. All other sexual conduct is, you know, forbidden or strictly discouraged, however you want to put it. And sinful sexual activity can be forgiven for sure and the christian is called to overcome the impulses that lead to sexual sin he gives some of those kind of basic biblical admonishments there but then he he goes into what you're calling the great compromise jason and that is of course the big one that we've all heard of late, lately here in late 2019 is chick-fil-a and you can elaborate that on elaborate on that in a minute. Excuse me, <clears throat> but others listed by the AFA here are the Boy Scouts of America, Tim Tebow, Louis Giglio, Beth Moore, Steph Curry and Russell Wilson, Lauren Daigle, and Drew Brees. And there's a little bit of a commentary with each of them. For example, Boy Scouts of America, which we've known in recent years has been selling out the basic. Christian principles on which it was founded and allowing uh, homosexual men to be scout leaders and to go on camping trips alone with boys, perhaps not screening these people as well as they should be, things like that. That one is somewhat more, more well known. But what the AFA said about Boy Scouts is, while not an explicitly Christian organization, the BSA upheld Christian values to millions of young boys for decades. In recent years, as I said, They've completely sold out to the homosexual cause. Tim Tebow, now, we're not going to read too much into Tim Tebow, the well-known professional football player who would pray on the field, a different kind of kneeling, right? Right. And what a great example for boys across America this man has been. Yet, when the LGBTQ groups applied pressure on him, Tebow canceled a speaking engagement at First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, because the church teaches that homosexuality is a sin and Tebow wanted to avoid controversy. Now, maybe there was something more to that, but it's still unfortunate that Tebow uh, did that. Uh, Louis Giglio, the founder of Passion Youth Gatherings, Giglio was one of the AFA writer's favorite Bible teachers. He was asked to pray at President Obama's second inauguration but when a 20-year-old sermon surfaced in which Giglio warned against the rise of homosexual activism in America, he was severely criticized by the LGBTQ community. He sheepishly withdrew from the event and then would not even reaffirm his own sermon. So he, he 
he swore off his own sermon and tried to say he really didn't mean it. So these are just some of the examples, Jason. You can take it from there and add on what you might want to. Right, and so what you're seeing is where people of the Christian faith are starting to compromise or bow their knee to the pressures of especially what we're seeing is the LGBTQ community. But it's not limited to that. But it's not limited to that, and that is absolutely right. So, you know, and, and one of the big attacks I know that's against Christianity from that particular community is that it is hate. It is some hate speech when in fact it is actually the opposite. It's, we always remember, we don't hate the person, we hate the sin. So, and so what you're seeing is that it is actually from the Christian faith, myself being an ordained minister, a pastor of a church, is that we, we love people, but it is the sin, it is that thing in their life that is destructive, and it would be wrong for any person to not want to help somebody who was part of a destructive lifestyle. Yeah, love does not just come through acceptance. Love also can be channeled through admonishment away from sin to try and correct someone uh, lovingly and, and of course, humanely. But nevertheless, tough love, sometimes it's called, but sometimes correction is an act of love. It is not an act of hate. And actually, the Bible says, God himself says, that he chastens or corrects or chastises those who he loves. And so it would be just a disservice to see somebody in a destructive habit and not do something or want to do something about it. And Mark, I think you have a great point you want to make on that regarding even when it comes to other destructive things like alcoholism and even drug use. Yeah, if someone falls into heavy drug addiction or alcohol addiction, uh, we intervene as an act of love when that comes along. Now, I know what the homosexual LGBTQ lobby will say. Well, being gay, lesbian, homosexual, whatever you want to call it is, they say, inborn, which is not by any means settled science. But that's inborn, so that's different than, say, an acquired thing like alcoholism. But remember, many... People, women will have normal families, they'll have marriages, and they'll fall into lesbianism. It's not something they were born with. They, they get messages through the mass media, through the entertainment media, the news media, through academia, that, sh- that, that break away all the normal inhibitions and all the normal uh, biblical principles that would otherwise instruct them to avoid those sinful, destructive lifestyles. And so with all that media pressure, which, with all the things telling them that it's okay to be gay, they more likely are tempted to fall into that lifestyle. And many times it happens later in life among men and women. It's not something they're really provingly born with. That's not right. in any way scientifically ascertained. And so while there are occasionally people that seem to be born like men that seem to be born more effeminate or women that seem to be more of a tomboy or masculine, those are just variations within nature. That doesn't necessarily mean that we should take it as a matter of social policy, as a matter of ethical and moral precepts, and take it to the extreme and say that any behavior is excused, that any disorder should just be not corrected. Right. There, there are many disorders medically and otherwise that we want to change. We want to correct them. Diseases, for example. So 
none of these things are firm enough to where we can say, well, alcoholism and, and being gay are completely different things. Both can lead to very destructive lifestyles and both deserve some degree of intervention. And love, again, finds itself in correction, not just in unconditional acceptance, like many churches are doing these days. And I think you experienced that recently uh, yourself, Jason. Right. But this is the thing. These things have to be thought through. It's not this simplistic, just let it all go, just it, it's all good idea that you get from the mass media. And I'll mention real briefly that I saw, and you see this a lot in police dramas, such as Criminal Minds um, and many of the others. They're now starting to speak to these issues, uh, um, Law and Order by the infamous producer Dick Wolf is another one where always anti-homeschoolers, always anti-conservative. If you're, if you're skeptical of taking every vaccine that comes down the pike, you're a dangerous person. Well, now they've gotten into a recent episode of Criminal Minds, Jason, and this is some of these influences I'm talking about that persuade people to, uh, to, to succumb to temptations that they otherwise wouldn't succumb to. And so there's this episode of Criminal Minds where there's a young gay man who's out in some uh, tropical area like Florida. I believe he's in Florida, a, a real sunny you know, uh, area. He's living kind of a carefree life, more or less. But he falls into a, a bad lot and he's uh, pr uh, portrayed to be gay and he murders other gay people. And the cops in Criminal Minds, well-known actors and actresses we've seen, are perplexed at all these killings of people that appear to be homosexual. And they find out, much to their puzzlement, that... A, another homosexual is doing it. Well, it turns out that they're portraying it the way they wrote the script and the storyline was that the father of the murderer was a strict Christian guy admonishing his son not to be gay, not to go that way. And maybe the father was too rough about it and they're, they're, they're implying he got physical and beat the son, which no one advocates. Mm -hmm. That's not anything that we would advocate not in a million years. But they... They're basically saying that if you come from a Christian family with a strict father who doesn't believe in homosexuality, you should, you should ignore that father, go, go the gay way anyway, and that father might damage you so much by him trying to dissuade you from going into that lifestyle. He might bring so much damage and opprobrium, opprobrium on you that you might go off and kill somebody. So the, the message they peddle is to be a strict Christian father who doesn't believe in the gay lifestyle is to create a murderer. That you you are not only a monster yourself, you're going to create more monsters in your homosexual son who, in taking out his revenge against the father figure, goes and kills other gays. Right. So basically, your hope and desire of morality because of your actions are immoral because you come against a certain lifestyle or something that would be destructive or would be something that would go against the word of God and go against the Christian faith. And so what's happening now is you're seeing these so-called tolerant organizations attacking now Christian right. and faith-based businesses, as well as churches, as well as other organizations that would even support any kind of a Christian base. And, you know, one of the big ones, obviously, we see in the news now, you mentioned at the beginning is Chick-fil-A, where Chick-fil-A has been under attack because of something that the founder stated regarding the 
definition of marriage and not wanting that definition of marriage to be changed because that's a big thing where now everybody says, well, it's not between a man and a woman. When we clearly see the Bible says that God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, <laughs> and that that it is marriages between a man and a woman. And so you have a husband and a wife, not a husband and a husband and a wife and a wife. And he simply was stating his belief, his Christian fact on it. And, and Chick-fil-A for years took that stand on it, but now we're seeing as of late, they're beginning to follow, fall to the pressures of the LGBTQ and other organizations where they're now even pulling funding away from the Salvation Army, pulling funding away from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And look, hey, Chick-fil-A has the right to support whoever they want to support, but now they're supporting organizations like the Covenant House International, which is a very openly gay activist organization that actually has a gay pride float in the New York Gay Pride Parade. I would interject there that it's not just that Chick-fil-A, as part of the Great Compromise, backed away from its usual strong Christian stance. It went the other way. Right. Why didn't they just not fund anybody? Right. Why do they got to go the other way? And you're seeing Covenant House ads on TV now heavily here in South Texas as we speak in late December 2019. And so who's funding that? So here's what you're seeing is, is that they actually are abandoning the people that support them. And eat at their restaurant because of that. Because of that, to where they're actually now fully supporting the people that have been against them. And if that's not a compromise, Mark, I don't know what is. It's even uh, documented that Chick-fil-A is actually, has in the past supported, or let's say has made checks and given to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is, we understand, one of the most, uh, uh, well, liberal leftist organizations that basically they're the authority that if you're some sort of hate group and if you're on their list, then they're going to boycott you and they're this propaganda machine to label everybody as a hate, a racist, a bigot. And they're the go-to organization for the media. Right. If the media sees someone they perceive as right-wing, conservative, all these things, and they suspect everyone of being a white supremacist these days, exactly. including at an Army-Navy game where a couple of guys made some sort of hand sign, and they're going bonkers over it. It's a non-story. Uh, exactly. So the, the media, they're the media's go-to organization. All the media has to do is call the ADL or the Southern Poverty Law Center, or both, right. and have them say, yep, that's we think that's a hate, hateful guy or gal, or that's a hate group. Case closed, that's all the media needs to hear. You're a hater. You don't deserve to have any rights. And the bottom line is, like with the Ten Commandments monuments, which were bigger bigger news right. some years ago, Roy Moore and all that, uh, the Alabama judge who uh, was knocked out of a Senate Nativity race. Nativity scenes. Nativity scenes, and that's a big thing this Christmas season. You know, it's always somebody's offended. The ACLU files a lawsuit, and that one person or small organization that's offended their desires and their so-called rights override all the rights of the majority, all the rights of the Christians and other supporters that want those 
nativity scenes or those Ten Commandments monuments up. Whoever wanted those erected, their rights don't count for nothing. See, this is it. It's not equal rights for all. If it was, we might not be making this news video. This is an inversion. This is to try and overturn Christendom, the Christian-based society. This is not a fight for fairness. This is a fight for dominance from the ultra-left. Right. They are seeking total cultural dominance. Make no mistake. Exactly. So ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, when is it right that the person that is offended gets all the rights and you get no rights? And so, but we understand that there is a going to be there is going to be a falling away. The Bible talks about even the elect will fall away. This is true. It says it talks about how that that some will be deceived and there will be a great falling away. So you know, even if the if the elect are deceived, if the elect are falling away, and so we are just we're coming on today in this segment to tell you don't compromise, and you've got to make a stand for your faith and for righteousness. And so, I mean, just like you mentioned, uh, I I have personal uh, information and was actually come to for advice from a um, a member of a denomination, a very large denomination, where the, there's a situation with a particular youth no longer identifying as a female, but identifying as a male. And the church has decided to totally accept it. They will not correct the person, and they will actually begin now referring to the person in the new gender that they claim to identify with not only that they have gone to the people that are in the youth and children's ministry as well as others in the church and have instructed them to call the person as the new name based off the gender that they identify and not correct or or just totally accept it which is wrong so basically you cannot no longer think the way that you think they're telling people what to think in the exactly. congregation. You will act this way. Exactly. Therefore, the monster will be anyone that raises their voice. Exactly. It won't be the sinful lifestyle and road down which that person might might go. Oh, no, let's, let's not worry about any, any pitfalls or snares in that person's life. Right. Adopting that lifestyle, uh, you know, uh, betraying how God made them. Let's only, let's only shout down the naysayers and the dissidents. They're, right. they're the problem. Right. In other words, real Christianity is the problem. But once again, like on these police dramas, like we see through all these influences that help people, that, that, that nudge people into these uh, false choices, that nudge them into succumbing to their temptations. This is what we see is to be Christian is to be wrong. To be moral is to be immoral. It, it's a complete inversion of reality. And that's part of the total dominant, dominance they seek. Redefine marriage, redefine the terminology, retool the educational systems, get different books in our libraries, put things in the shelf in the checkout lines at the grocery stores. Everywhere you go, it's just be nice. Just being nice is all you need to do. Don't, if, if the building's on fire, just whistle right out the door. Exactly. And just because something is legal or on the law books doesn't mean that it's right and doesn't mean that it's based on righteousness. Right. So 
You know, that's Correct. why they're saying they want to define, redefine marriage or, or these make these things acceptable. And the big problem is that's really what it's gone beyond is that, that you would accept it. And the danger is, I know a great historian, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he was a great a professor, a historian, PhD. And he said, what one generation tolerates the next generation accepts. And that's what we are living in this day and age where now you must accept it. It's no longer just about tolerating something. It's about accepting it. And if you don't accept it, then you are wrong. You are racist. You're a homophobic. You're all whatever label they want to put on you. And they want to almost excommunicate you and make it that you're not part of society and not a healthy part of society. So there's this great pressure. Like you're a social leper. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and if you want to see proof of this, look at the book, get the book, After the Ball, written, oh, say, 12 to 15 years ago. That's the manifesto of how they plan to desensitize and make acceptable and then legalize this whole homosexual LGBTQ juggernaut. Uh, two pro-gay writers wrote this book after the ball, and it spells out their manifesto. It's very unambiguous. It's very clear-cut. This was all intentional and all planned. And they, they admitted themselves in this book after the ball. Check it out. There's the smoking gun. And I would encourage you, those that have Netflix, there's a film about to be released, and you could contact Netflix and tell them, don't release this film that actually portrays Jesus as a homosexual. So that's where this has gone, where you actually have, so far now, the pendulum has swung, where now they portray Jesus, the Christ, as being a homosexual. Before so, that, you'll notice in the Dan Brown books, <clears throat> um, in the early 2000s, first they had to say that Jesus had no, that he wasn't a deity, that he was not godly, that he right. was just a man. Right. So first they had to defrock him of his of his uh, actual connection to heaven, the fact that he is Lord. And then from there, now they change his gender. Right. It's always that way with the with these leftist movements is to redefine and to, to reorient and to strip people, to strip something down and retool it to try and create a completely new paradigm. That's how it works. That's right. So it's an exact and and very calculated attack against your beliefs and your Christian faith, and you must not compromise. I'm reminded of the story, and we'll kind of wrap things up with this, Mark. Go ahead. Is I'm reminded of a story in the Bible, in Daniel. It talks about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they would not bow their knee whenever the trump was blown, the music was played. They would not bow their knee when to the, the idol. When the trumpet was blown. Right, of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar made it an ordinance that you had, he made a decree that whenever the music was played, that you had to bow down before this graven image that he erected. And they refused to. And so here comes the government, here comes Nebuchadnezzar's people saying that they would not bow their knee. And they stand in front of Nebuchadnezzar and they said, if God saves us, so be it. If God doesn't save us, so be it but we will not bow our knee to the graven image. They would not compromise any other ways. And it enraged Nebuchadnezzar so much that he heeded 
the furnace seven times. So even with the threat to be burned alive, to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they said, we will not bow our knee. If God saves us, great. If he doesn't save us, great. But we're not going to bow our knee and we're not going to burn in the hellfire that would come from it. We might burn in your fire, but we're not going to compromise. And it, like I said, enraged Nebuchadnezzar. He heated it seven times. They threw him in. Even the soldiers that heated, that threw them in were killed because of the heat. But then Nebuchadnezzar sees doesn't there, isn't there three men we threw in? Then, then they said yes, but then how come there's four in there? And the fourth looks like the Son of God. And they were saved. There was nothing. They, they didn't even, not even a hair on their head was singed. So I encourage you, don't compromise. God is with you. It didn't matter. It didn't matter to Noah that there would be a flood and there would be the water. God was with them. It didn't matter that David had to fight a bear, a lion, and there was Goliath because God was with him. And we could see that throughout so many times. So we just, we, but we do want to bring the fact that there is many organizations and many different, uh, even, even churches that are being pressured into this compromise, this great falling away, this great compromise as we're calling it. Yes. And so don't be susceptible to that because then you're going to be held accountable. And the thing is, Mark, many people that are of the Christian faith and even churches that are being pressured, you know, you can't, you can't preach on this subject. You can't say these things. Even you're limited on the airwaves of what you can say and what you can't say. Ridiculous. And so it is wrong. And if it's wrong, you should take a stand for it. And you know what? Let God be the one who judges you and not man. Because... That's the thing about it is. Need we repeat what Jesus said? You know, if you win the whole world but lose your soul, what have you gained? Exactly. And his divinity cannot be doubted. And the fact that they try and diminish both his divinity and now his gender, or you know, the image that he was given. You know, he was a man brought by God into our world yeah. to experience our world and to know what mankind was going through so as to save us through salvation. And so... This is how the attacks work, and this rounds out the issue. This gives you the big picture, and I think the Great Compromise can be turned around, Jason, if people admonish themselves and others to stand their ground because they'll be rewarded in the end. Do not fear any institution of man. Only fear God. Right, because the end of the matter is what are they threatening you with? I'm talking to you believers, you Christians out there. What are they threatening you with? Heaven? I mean, that's... To me, that's the thing is we must take a stand, and I believe like Mark is saying, that we're going to see this thing turn around, that America will turn around, and that they'll come back to God, and the fear of God would come back into this nation. But don't compromise. And then how you decide to go forward. Look, we're not calling for a big a boycott, but we're saying to stand for the principles, godly principles, stand for righteousness, and then make decisions on a daily basis. And that's what we're simply encouraging you to do so that you're not part of the great compromise. That's right. You're we, not part of the great falling away. We, we, you do not have to take part. We aren't, and you don't have to. And you can make whatever micro decisions of where you eat or don't eat or what you do strictly on your own accord and your own initiative. 
but it is it is good to think it through and it is good to act in ways you feel good about but never surrender never surrender so thank you for watching you can subscribe make sure that you like and share this video on youtube we'll be putting it on other platforms as well or you can listen to our podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast anchor and many others and so it's world impact news search that you'll find us and then share with others but don't quit don't give up don't compromise do not bow your knee to anything that would be evil or wicked or ungodly but take a stand for righteousness take a stand for righteousness and bow your knee only bow your knee only to god how's that that's right mark so thanks again for watching we'll see you next time